हरे कृष्णा वी आर सो फॉर्च्युनेट टू हैव हर ग्रेस अपने मुपदमिनी माता जी फ्रॉम बैंगलोर इंडिया एंड माता जी विलेमद भागवतम सो वेलकम टू द कॉल माता जी हरे कृष्णा धन्यवाद प्रणाम प्लीज टेक ओवर द कॉल नाउ हरे कृष्ण प्रणाम थैंक यू माता जी ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृतम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीरिए नष्ट प्रायेशु निगवत सेवया भगवती उत्तम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवती नैस्तिकी मुखम कौति वाचालम पंगुम लंगाते गिरी यदे श्रीगुरु दीनतारिणम परमानंदमाधव श्री चैतन्यश्वर श्रीमद्भागवत कैंटो थ्री चैप्टर फोर्टीन टेक्स्ट ट्वेंटी सेवन यद्याचरितिशिनो गृणंती अविद्यापतल विभित्सव निरस्तसाशयोपी यिशाचर्याचरदति सूस्नबद्यनइम्पीचबल आचरित कैरेक्टर मनीषिना ग्रेट सेजस् गृणंती फॉलो अविद्या निश्यंस Patalam mass, divitsava desiring to dismantle, nirasta nullified, samya equality, atishaya greatness, api in spite of yet as swayam personally, pishacha devil, charyam activities, acharat performed, gatihi destination, satam of the devotees of the Lord. Translation: Although no one in the material world is equal to or greater than Lord Shiva. and although his unimpeachable character is followed by great souls to dismantle the mass of nations he nevertheless remains as if a devil to give salvation to all the devotees of the lord purport by his divine grace he bhakti vedanta shrila prabhu pad ki jai lord shiva's uncivilized devilish characteristics are never abominable because He teaches the sincere devotees of the Lord how to practice detachment from material enjoyment. He is called Mahadeva or the greatest of all demigods, and no one is equal to or greater than him in the material world. He is almost equal with Lord Vishnu, although he always associates with Maya Durga. He is above the reactionary stage of the three modes of material nature, and although he is in charge of the devilish characters. in the mode of ignorance he is un- is not affected by such association आचार्य प्रदाय मिठाई कृपा प्रदायनी गौर प्रसाद धाम दाय नगर ग्राम तारिणी नमोम विष्णु प्रदाय कृष्ण प्रस्ताय भूतले श्रीमती भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नामने नमस्ते सारस्वती देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणी निर्विशेष सूर्य पाश्चात देश तारिणी 
जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य to respect him and honor him and actually people it's very difficult to understand lord shiva even the worshipers of shiva themselves they don't know his full glories and mostly even vaishnavas uh, do not understand him they think he is a competitor of lord vishnu or you know at the end or that is meant it's a, a totally different kind of worship so we don't have to bother about them or he is just a demigod so many different misconceptions that please highly misunderstood but if we understand how glorious he is we will feel very much uh, you know benefited we feel ecstatic to glorify him because he is non different actually from uh, krishna and that is why you know we in the form of hari hara right hari and hara 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 mahadev so they are non different and also we have advaita acharya non different from vishnu just like nara and narayana are together lord and this devotee have appeared together and they are doing tapasya uh, krishna and arjuna have come together they are actually expansions of nara and narayana and similarly mahavishnu and of course he is not a jeeva tattva lord shiva is um, uh, of Mahavishnu. He is an expansion of Sadashiva, and he, uh, of course, he is his pure devotee. And he, because Mahavishnu is involved in creating this material world, and uh, so he is not directly in in touch with the Maya Devi, but he only first activates her by his glance. But he just glances at her and all then shiva or shambhu is uh, you know unites with her and this material creation is manifest so he is you know doing the work of vishnu manifesting it actually so much he does for vishnu everything that he does all the difficult aspects of this material world he takes on just to be of service to vishnu to fulfill his purpose so um why is he in this form i mean we might think why he is just wearing on you know deer skin and he's not properly dressed all ashes over his body and he's got the snake on top and then all matted hair and you know he and he's always staying in the crematorium and all kinds of ghosts and ganas and all these is are his followers uh, what is this uh, how can he be the lord we may think but because there are in this material universe three types of people three types of people right? those in the sattva guna rajoguna and tamoguna all have to be gradually elevated 
and those who are in samaguna that is the extreme samaguna are the asuras in the patala loka and then in this uh, on the earthly planet also we have many people who are you know addicted to all kinds of sinful activities and um, you know who have um, one dirty lazy sleepy um, they addicted to intoxicants those sort of people they also need to be elevated right krishna has made this universe for every all the jeevas to live out whatever their desires are and finally come back to god so finally to come back to god he himself has to come because we have completely forgotten him and if he leaves it to us finished we'll just perpetually be here and we'll be suffering all most of us will be in tamaguna only because and we can see in kaliyuga how most of majority of the population are in, on the earth is all tamaguna and rajoguna hardly very few are in satvaguna so how to elevate all these people and uh, so if he comes if they are not attracted those in tamaguna or who are very radistic also who are very passionate and they want material enjoyment and they want control and they want to enjoy like asurik and this you know so they don't get attracted by krishna's sweet pleasing form who is just attractive and want love you can only approach krishna when you ready to serve him to become humble you cannot go arrogantly and demand like that from krishna he will not encourage he will not to go to krishna you have to go a little humbly that is why you have a little purification one has to go through before people don't do that because they don't want that purification they just want to go arrogantly go do some tapasya and demand what they want so but by because they are worshiping and chanting such personalities names like shiva and brahma who are all very exalted personalities they get purified they are actually um, representatives of krishna and by even worshiping them they these people get purified and uh, then gradually they lead them on and they are sufficiently purified shiva uh, takes them i mean introduces them to the worship of vishnu so he is like a guru he also has his own vaishnava sampradaya so all kinds of people worship shiva there are the ghosts and the problems and uh, you know um, um all the um, um wicked kind of ghostly beings who are uh, you know who are so sinful that they don't even have a gross body how to elevate them krishna is full of love for every and even those most fallen they also have to be elevated so shiva appears like this which is very easy they feel very comfortable ha huh? okay is staying in the crematorium and then he is very cool you know there are not even difficult uh, things to worship him is very very uh, you know very satisfied with any small kind of uh, worship and his worship itself is very simple you just have to chant om namah shivaya and then he also appears in the linga lingam form so it's very easy to approach him everybody otherwise um, you know everywhere because Uh, to maintain that if he is in a personal form like uh, vishnu and all that you have to offer there so many you have to you can't be offensive but if it is in a lingam very easy everybody can keep keep the lingam and just uh, and just do some little abhishek and then offer some flowers uh, that's it 
there's no, um, you know, uh, and um, uh, just offer some, and chant his mantra, and worship him, and there you don't even, not many uh, um, rituals or uh, purity in terms of cleanliness and all that, that he doesn't consider much. So, so merciful he is, and that's why these people are very, very with him. He's very cool, and sometimes because they like to drink in uh, Shiva also, as being one of them, he does all that. So we shouldn't get bewildered and think, oh, maybe he is not pure. He is fully pure, and out of his compassion, just because you know, if you want to attract people, you have to go be like one of them. Even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what did he do? He came as a devotee. So that he could mingle with all of us, and so that we identify with, our, you know, I mean, at least that we know that he is the supreme now. But at that time when he came, no people didn't know that he was God. Only the devotees knew. Other people thought he's a great saint. Somehow they were attracted to masses. So because he came as a devotee and he was just walking on the road and embracing everybody on the way, anybody could approach him. And so then they were ready, and wherever he went, he was just doing Sankirtan like a devotee. So everybody was attracted, and he went, he went to Devata temples, and uh, he just uh, sang and danced, and it was just followed him. So like that, the Lord has great strategies. Different, different incarnations are just strategies to come and attract different types of people. And so, Shiva is a very important part of people are in Tamaguna and Rajaguna and impersonalist. He also, um, because he also came as Shankaracharya, we know, and he um, gave this uh, impersonalist philosophy, Mayavadi philosophy. So many impersonalists also, all the people who are most fallen. And Shiva, she easily gets um, pleased. And another thing which is mentioned here is, first of all, Shiva, Lord Shiva's uncivilized, devilish characteristics are never abominable because he teaches the sincere devotees of the Lord how to practice detachment from material enjoyment. That's a very great, um, you know, aspect also, which he uh, is very inspiring for devotees also because if you see all other devatas and all, they are in the Swargaloka, Indra, and all the other Surya, um, you know, Varuna, Agni, Vayu. They're all Devatas and they are uh, as to material sense enjoyment, not gross way like in, on the earth. Uh, I mean, they're very elevated in goodness, but they also have this enjoying tendency. They're not doing, uh, they don't have complete Vairagya like that you know, detached from material enjoyment and only attached to serving Krishna. And they are not like that. So, Shiva is the embodiment of that. He, even though he is in charge of this whole universe, he and Parvati, they own everything. Everything they have created. But how are they living in Kailas? Just under the tree. They don't even have a residence. And a very, very simple lifestyle. And who are his associates? All these Ganas and Pishachas and all these uh, who are ready, who worship them and then in Kailas they get much purified by his association. And because he's always meditating on Krishna, so purifying and 
you know he doesn't get involved in all the politics and everything because in the swargaloka there is so many things you know there is always um about retaining one's position and then they will send if somebody is coming up too well in the uh, you know in, uh, in uh, the tapasya and all that they will send some uh, you know cupid to go disturb them with beautiful women and then all the time the asuras are also uh, trying uh, they uh, try to teach uh, doing very nice tapasya and acting as wonderful devotees by their humble behavior and says ask whatever you want and then they last got something immortality and that they can destroy everybody this kind of more of ignorance request and then he says okay that so but apart from that he is totally you know he doesn't get involved in all that politics and what is happening here but whenever they go to him for protection then he gives and sometimes he even beats his horse on their side because the devas approach lord shiva but asuras also feel comfortable with shiva because he is um, he also tries to uh, see their point of view whenever the devas are a little uh, you know unjust to the asuras then also tries to protect them like that so it's equal in that sense but he also is actually on the side of vishnu because he wants that devas only should because they are devotees of the lord and yet vaishnavanam yatha shambhu and shiva is the greatest of vaishnavas because always he you can see him meditating totally detached he has no interest in any sense gratification he's so exalted that imagine he has created all the flowers and secondary creator of course it's all vishnus but still he's also worshiped in this world and what does he do he takes all the wonderful flowers you know beautiful fragrant all these flowers he says these are all for worship for vishnu and for himself what he keeps all insignificant flowers which don't even smell those are the flowers which are not fit to be offered to vishnu he says offer it to me so this is the kind of um, you know how much of devotion he has for lord vishnu and also once what happened because he was you know he was duty bound to fight for a demon i don't remember which demon but he was uh, he had to fight against vishnu because this asura wanted to fight with vishnu and because he had done tapasya to shiva and he said that whenever i need you i'll call you and you must help me and he, he was you know uh, he had promised him so he found that shiva and vishnu were on opposite sides in the war and so then shiva jwara so um he first uh, sent his weapon of shridvara on vishnu and uh, you know it just came back and nothing happened to vishnu and then vishnu left the vishnu dwara and shiva you know he started running and those arrows were chasing him and chasing him and he purposely went to all those places where his devotees lived Uh, as king and then he wanted everyone to see see the greatness of my lord this is vishnu and i am a servant and this um, arrows are following me so this is the extent of his devotion and selfless sacrifice uh, service to the lord in fact you know soon after his marriage to sati and then um, so uh, he sati is curious because always whenever she is not there with them 
He just closes his eyes and he's deep in meditation. So she asked him, whom are you thinking about? You know, whenever <laughs> so he said, I'm always at that time because uh, Rama's pastimes were going on um, below on the earth. And he said, I'm always meditating on Lord Ram because the pastimes are going on and I'm seeing it. And Ram, I will also show you and he shows uh, how, uh, you know, he was watching. And at that time, actually, Rama was in the forest and Sita had just been taken away by Ramana. And uh, so Rama was feeling great, uh, you know, distress. And he was crying like an ordinary human being because that was his Leela to experience what it is. You know, I mean, the separation, but of course it's spiritual separation, not like um, an ordinary uh, human being separation, but still he was showing so much distress which he doesn't have to because he is not like an ordinary person who is actually, um, he is not in, uh, separated from anyone in one sense. So, but he was asking, he was crying and asking all the trees and the birds and where is my Sita, where is my Sita. So, at that time, um, so Rama, uh, Shiva was watching that and he asked also to see. And Parvati, she thought, what is this? Is it really Vishnu who has come there as Ram? How can it be that he is so much affected by, uh, you know, because of this? Um, separation from his wife, I can't believe it. Doesn't seem like Vishnu at all. He's crying and lamenting so much. So, because he was doing, playing the part of a human being. And um, so, uh, Shiva said, yes, of course he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Shiva was, of course, absolutely no doubt about it. But Parvati was still thinking, you know, ah, I don't know, I can't imagine you know, why Vishnu should be so distressed. So she thought, I will test him. And though Shiva had told, don't, don't do anything like that, it will be offensive. <coughs> but she was so positive. You know, always asking questions to Shiva. Shiva is always giving answers in Padma Purana and Shiva Purana. Always we see how Shiva is talking to Parvati and explaining so many things. So now she wants to test it herself. And anyway, she also is the sister of Vishnu. So that way also she feels very close and she's a Vaishnavi, she's an Narayani and she thought, let me go and test. I will dress up like Sita and I'll go and let me see if he, uh, you know, if he knows that, knows I'm not Sita. If he thinks I'm Sita, then he's an ordinary person. Because nobody, I mean, she's Maya Devi, she's Maya Shakti, nobody can, um, you know, um, conquer her uh, Shakti other than Krishna or his pure devotee. You know that she tested Haridas Thakura also and Haridas Thakura did not come under her this thing, illusion. So here, uh, and uh, she wanted to know if Rama is really the Lord, he will not be swayed by my illusion. And she dressed up just like Sita and she went in front of him, Lord, um, you know, uh, how are you? And I mean, she goes in front of him and Shiva, uh, Rama looks at her, Hey Parvati, how come you come? Where is Lord Shiva? So he recognized, you know, and she feels so ashamed. And then Shiva, you know, he is very upset. But, um, and he's very ashamed also that Parvati went to test him like that. But anyway, because Rama asked about Lord Shiva, he goes in front.
and um, and then uh, okay then they just talk to him and come back and then she was very upset with sati uh, for having done this he said that sita is like my mother and you have taken her form then you also become like my mother now worshipful worshipable so i i cannot live with you i mean so that was actually one of the causes why sati had to leave shiva you know she of course it was for a different reason because her father immediate cause was something else her father daksha he had this yagna and he called um you know invited everyone without the one in the universe other than shiva and parvati were invited and so sati went there and she got very disturbed and insulted and she gave up her body so that way um, you know that that happened but also one of the reasons i mean she was so attached to krishna that he is not even when for him uh, that is the topmost he is not affected you know he doesn't even um he's uh, even though he's a grahastha is married he's also very attached to his wife parvati sati and he's got children everything but his foremost attachment is to krishna that is why he's called yes vaishnavanam yatha shambhu nobody can be such a great exalted devotee like shiva and um no one is equal to or greater than him in the material world he's almost equal with lord vishnu so actually he's got a form as sadashiva in the vaikuntha dham he has also got a planet just like uh, narayana i mean narayana form as sadashiva and he's got his own planet in the vaikuntha dham and because he in the material world he comes uh, in order to um, this thing assist uh, assist the lord and uh, mahavishnu and he takes on because he uh, he associates with the mode of ignorance and also to, for destruction purposes also he does the tantra and uh, so all these things and he uh, also in charge of um, all these kind of uh, mode of ignorance people so he is slightly affected because he comes here he lives here and he associates with all these people so he is not under the three modes but he can sometimes be uh, you know affected by very mildly like in the time uh, when he was affected by mohini avatar when the lord took but anyway the lord said that it is the lord so shiva was very Uh, happy that you know he was defeated by his lord humbling himself before the lord so that is the only thing otherwise shiva and so because he is a little bit touched by the material energy though he is not under the control of maya or uh, enamored by her or under her control or he is not under the three modes also but slightly he gets um you know changed because of this association and that's why prabhupada explains that he is like yogurt milk a little bit of yogurt you put then it becomes yogurt and then it's no longer milk so shambhu or shiva in the material world is um different he is not diva also but he is not vishnu also in between 
And now he, uh, so he's got many dwelling places in this, within this material universe. One is in the heavenly planets, there is a Kailas, then on the earth also there is Kailas, um, um, you know, Manasarovar Lake, and there we have that Kailas, where some few people, I mean, it's in Tibet, and uh, so, then he lives in Ilavrita Varsha, which is on the earthly planets, you know, uh, planetary system. Jambudvipa is there, and in the Jambudvipa, um, he is there. In the middle of the Jambudvipa is Ilavrita Varsha, and in that Shiva is there with Parvati. Then he is also there in Kubera's planet. So like this, he has got different abodes in the material world. But also outside this earth, outside Devi Dham, this material universe is Devi Dham. And outside of that is Mahesh Dham. And in Mahesh Dham, it, it, um, it is Shiva's planet and there it is divided into two parts. One is dark, which is on the other side of Mirajan, which is um, on the you know next to the material but on on the this side of Virajanadi and the other side of the Virajanadi is the spiritual planets. So the Ailas outside this material universe, half of it is on this portion um, next to the material world, and the other half extends in the spiritual world. And that part is full of light. There Sadashiva is there you know, uh, from the spiritual uh, this thing with Parvati and there he is always worshipping Sankarsana. Uh, you know, because um, that is where he, Sankarsana only during destruction. It is Sankarsana because he is also in charge of the mode of ignorance and from him, uh, from his third eye comes Rotteva, Rudra and then he dances, the dance of destruction. Fire comes out from the mouth of Ananta and then Shiva is just dancing very wildly, angrily because, you know, at the end he wants to destroy this universe because people are still materialistic and still hanging on here. And then at that time, because of the imbalance of the shaking and, you know, so much, there's a lot of imbalance in the universe by his, so much of uh, it is uh, shaking violently and so then, waters come everywhere, the causal waters, you know, they rise and there's so much imbalance and it covers the whole universe and totally everything is destroyed and then everything goes into the body of Vishnu. So, uh, and then, so in that Mahesh Dham, the half part which is dark, okay, that all materialistic uh, people who are worshipping Shiva, and they go there. And then the other half, which is bright and which extends up to Viraja. Shiva, you know, because it is in the Brahma Jyoti. And what he does is he goes and um, uh, he sees all the people who are stuck up, you know, impersonless. He uh, takes them and um, he uh, takes them to this place. And then because they are following him, they will also develop... Uh, love for Krishna and they will be they go back to God. So this is his, um, you know, I mean, so in, at various levels, right up to the spiritual world, he is just taking all, guiding all living entities to go back to Godhead. And so he is almost equal with Lord Vishnu in the material world because his 
milk touched by little bit of yogurt so he is like yogurt or then ha huh, he is not so even though you know he is he is always um, uh, associating with devilish characters in the mode of ignorance he is not affected by such association can you imagine the supreme lord how magnanimous he is that he comes down to our level you know the mode of real tamogunis and he dresses up like that he associates with them so that they feel one with them they feel very comfortable and just to give his association because he is so pure he is always thinking of krishna always serving him those ghosts and uh, you know the ganas who are in kailas they are actually um, very much purified they are not at all after sense enjoyment in fact they are very much uh, you know very natural themselves they are very happy just being shiva servants compared to them even the devatas they look uh, you know still even though they are worshippers of shiva uh, sorry of vishnu and so they are on a higher level uh, and they are doing vishnu's great uh, service by administrating uh, you know this whole universe still uh they have all these material attachments and all these things so even though they are tamoguna they are more renowned because of being with shiva and they make progress spiritually whereas devatas they don't make higher progress they come down into the earthly planet so we have to understand that there are different levels and different living entities at different um, you know levels of advancement desires and we also proper says in the shrimad bhagavatam in the third canto only maybe you already come to that part or will come later where he says that if um, you are uh, worshiping a lord shiva then you can overcome you can worship him for even vaishnavas worship him for sigo because when creation takes place uh, what happens that um, okay mahavishnu is glancing over prakriti and shiva unites with um, uh, prakriti and then uh, she is agitated and then the three modes manifest at that time the first thing which manifests because of the three modes is what false ego and that what uh, shiva is in charge of false ego he is the one who creates that first and so that is why if we want to or also even sankarshana because uh, shiva is uh, you know devotee of sankarshana and um, sankarshana is also just uh, so prabhupada says that if you worship lord shiva or sankarshana you can overcome your false ego and that false ego is the cause of all suffering right we think we have wrong identification identity is everything you know uh, when people don't know who they really are then they're very disturbed how should they behave this way that they we can understand how teenagers go through identity crisis because they've been grown up as a child and then they feel i'm no longer as a child i'm grown up actually but I'm, i don't fit with the grown ups also because they're different their um, way of thinking everything is different so they are like a, you know neither a child nor an adult so they have the and not not a youth also not an adult that way but they are in their own uh, class and that is why that, that is a stage of identity crisis and they have a lot of problems because of that 
and they want to keep to themselves, you know, that's the reason. Because they feel, who am I really? So we need to know what is our identity, otherwise it's very disturbing. Or you see in mid-age crisis, uh, identity crisis is when people have, uh, you know, gone past their youth and adulthood and then they are middle-aged. They're neither very youthful now, nor are they, not, neither are they youth anymore, or adult, uh, nor are they old, they're not yet uh, senior citizens also. So, at that stage, again another identity crisis. And that's why they don't know how to behave, you know. So, they sometimes they behave like young people, and that's the problem. So, so identity is very important, who I am. And sometimes, you know, people who are uprooted from their uh, countries, like, you know, like Africans were taken as slaves to America in the 18th century. And... Uh, <clears throat> Then uh, now, of course, they are there. They are Americans, but still, they want to know their roots, right? And we came from there, and they want to know their identity. They are disturbed. Those who are uprooted from their country and their culture, and because you have been, you got a particular karma. Your DNA genes are all coming from a particular lineage. And everything, and then you totally are removed and you behave like somebody else. So it will have a different, uh, it will have some effect on the, in the mind. So in the same way, we also says material world, actually we are souls and we have a spiritual identity. But because we have a body, we also have a material identity. So we are always switching between these two. And for most people, it's mostly the bodily identity. They, but they know that they have another identity also. They don't know. Because they don't know, they're very disturbed. Devotees know both the identities. So, uh, at least theoretically, they know. Experience also to some extent that, you know, I'm not this body, I'm the soul. You know that. That is why we are able to uh, keep away from all sinful activities. But I'm, I'm a soul and I don't need all these sinful things to make me happy. But as long as, uh, and Prabhupada says that when you're doing devotional service, you have, so you have your spiritual identity and you have a material identity. Both you need to uh, work on. You have to keep increasing your uh, spiritual identity. But from time to time, we fall back into material identity, uh, which is uh, based on the body. And, okay, we also have to fulfill that in a proper way, which is, doesn't go against our spiritual identity, then parallelly it can go. So one thing is, we are developing our relationship with Krishna, doing devotional activities, services, and so on. And then you have also your, um, you know, other duties. First of all, taking care of your own body, very important. We should not neglect that because the body is a vehicle by which the soul can realize who it is and its connection with Krishna. Body is very important. Without body, you will not understand. I mean, initially at least, because um, you know, because of our attachments, because we are not fully surrendered and serving Krishna, and we are in an enjoying mood. So the body has been given to us so that. You okay? You also think yourself. I mean, that attachment to 
enjoying separately from Krishna, you do that and then you connect it with Krishna by using the body for serving the Lord. We don't deny the body. Initially, it is a bond of bondage because it is keeping us away from Krishna and we want to enjoy separately from Krishna. And the same body in the senses, when utilized for serving Krishna. So that's why the body is important for a devotee also. But that helps us to realize Krishna. Otherwise, it's so difficult to understand who is Krishna. But through Karma Yoga, you connect everything that you're doing, even material activities, with Krishna. So that, uh, you know, it's done in a mood of devotion, in a mood of service, uh, in a mood of love and offering to Krishna. And in this way, by doing that, gradually Krishna says, Dagami Buddhi Yogam Dham. You do that. If you are offering everything with love, Esham Satatya Yuktanam. So we, have, we are always connected with Krishna, Bhajitam Preeti Purva. We are worshipping Him with great devotion and connecting all our activities with Krishna. Then what He does, Dagami Buddhi Yogam Dham. So work is very important because through that, working in devotion, we connect with Krishna and He gives us intelligence by which we understand more and more about Him. That is why we are doing two things. One is Karma Yoga, connected with the body. Uh, if, if it's a job or any taking care of our body or all the bodily, um, you know, of, uh, people connected with the body, relatives, I mean, sorry, family and relatives and friends, those who are connected so that comes under Karma Yoga and Bhakti Yoga part is a direct devotional service, chanting, reading Bhagavad Gita and uh, worshipping. Both have to, both. And uh, through Karma, so what happens is, because if you're, sometimes if you're still, you've got a lot of material desires and you think that I'll prematurely give up all this work. And Krishna also wants that more. Then what happens? He's thinking that Krishna says that you may try to do devotional service, but you will have many, many material desires in you and you will be thinking in your mind how to enjoy. And then you will be a presenter. And instead of using body for the service of Krishna, you will use Krishna's uh, service for the sake of material enjoyment. That is very bad. So that's why we are doing Karma Yoga and Bhakti Yoga. And so the body is very important also. Because of that, because through this medium we can also realize God, yoga. And um, uh, so, this, um, why was I saying this? Uh, about false ego. So, to uh, remove this false ego, because we are thinking, I'm the doer. And Krishna, in the second chapter, only Krishna says, of, of the Bhagavad Gita, he says that, karaste. You have a right to perform your duty. Because the body is very restless, and you always want something or the other. Even for maintenance, you can't even maintain your body without work. And also, not just maintenance, uh, or we also have so many other types of desires and enjoyment for which we have to work. But Krishna says that yad karoshi, yad juhoshi, yad tapasyasi, uh, yad dadasi, uh, tat kurushva mad arpanam. Whatever you do, whatever you act, 
and um, whatever you give away, whatever charities, just tapasya, what, whatever you do, do it as an offering unto me. So, uh, in this way, he makes it very easy. It means all sattvic things we can do, because that we can offer it to Krishna. He doesn't take tamaguna and rajaguna things. Uh, so, gradually we get purified, we come to the mode of goodness, and we also learn how to offer, dedicate everything for Krishna, and if you do that, we get all knowledge, intelligence, everything Krishna. Because this knowledge about Krishna is very confidential, he says, right? In the ninth chapter, it's Rahasyam Uddhapidam Uttamam, he says. In the ninth chapter, the first verse, Raja Vidya Raja Gohyam Pavitram Idam Uttamam Pratyaksham Vagamam Dharmyam Susukam Kartum Avyaha. Uh, no, also he says, Rahasyam is a muttamam. So it is a great secret. Why is it a secret? It's an open secret. Reads Bhagavad Gita. But who understands it? Only a person who is not envious of Krishna. And Krishna also tells him, Arjuna, because you are never envious of me, I am revealing all this to you. So one quality required, uh, the single most important quality required to understand Krishna is, they should become free from envy of him. That means that only he is the enjoyer. We are not enjoyers at all. Whatever we may do, now we've taken so many births with so many desires for enjoyment, that's out of ignorance. Because of not knowing our original identity. But Krishna uh, and uh, Krishna is also saying uh, in the second chapter, Bhoktaram Yajnitapasam Sarvaloka Maheshwaram Suhridam Sarva Bhutanam Gyatva Maam Chantim Vichyati So we have to understand that Bhoktaram, he is the Bhokta, he is the enjoyer Yajna Tapasam, for all our activities We may do all the work, but who is the actual enjoyer? Krishna And we are secondary enjoyers, because by serving Krishna and then whatever he gives us, we accept Sarva Loka Maheshwaram, we want to be the possessor and owner of so much of in fact, everything. Given a chance, like Harina Kishipu, we want to own the whole universe. Loka Maheshwaram, but it's Krishna. And Gyata, Suhridam Sarva Bhutanam. But in spite of all this, he is our best well wishing friend. So, how can this be? He, so, he's sharing. I mean, he's inviting us to be part of him, part of his Leela. But the mood should be different, not that I enjoy 50-50, not We give 100% to him and he takes after care of us. You know, he's completely 100% satisfied. That we can expect from Krishna. Whatever he gives will be 100% satisfied. But we cannot claim you have 100% shared that with me. No. Even the avataras, even the expansions of Vishnu, like of Krishna, like Balarama and um, you know, all the other Vishnu forms, even Shiva, all of them are um, actually they are also supreme personality, the personality of Godhead only. Especially Balarama, he is the supreme personality of Godhead. He's got all powers as Krishna, he's also got 64 qualities, he also has got beautiful form, beautiful Leelas, I mean, all this. He also has got, but he is the servitor. Got it. Always thinking of himself as a servant, even the Lord himself and the goddess himself, Radharani, 
thinks of herself as a maid servant of Krishna. She doesn't want to enjoy anything. She doesn't even open her eyes until Krishna, uh, you know, when Radharani appears, for until Krishna came, she was just open. I mean, she didn't cry, she didn't speak, she didn't, uh, she didn't respond to anyone, she didn't open her eyes. Only when Krishna came, and he came and he put his hand in the cradle and she knew that Krishna has come. She opened her eyes and then she started crying and laughing and the parents were so happy. So that is the level of dedication of the most exalted personalities who are almost Krishna. But they are all servants of Krishna. If they can be servants, why we can't be a microbial? We can be trying to be like Krishna, that's all. Our false ego makes us think, I am also very great. Maybe Krishna is the uh, master of this universe, but I can be master of some some space, okay? Either in my family, in my outside, in my work or society. I want to be also like Krishna. That is envy. Because we think, why only Krishna should enjoy? I also want to enjoy. That envy has to be given up and say that, no Krishna, you are the enjoyer, only enjoyer. Purusha means enjoyer. You are the enjoyer. And I am your das. And this is what even the greatest of personalities are doing. So, Shiva, Brahma, all the, so then why we shouldn't do? We should just drop all these desires and have, I mean, dreams that I'm going to be an enjoyer like Krishna. And instead, every situation, we use it to uh, serve Krishna. Then we'll be very and successful. Just that is the only thing we need to do. Drop all your fantasies about being an enjoyer, controller of anything. You cannot control anybody. Even your family members you cannot control. Oh, you think like what I want, you marry like what I want, take a job like what I want, eat like what I want. <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, they have their own minds. They have their own desires. How you can control them? And you have to accept that. Like they like, okay, fine. Not like mine, okay, no problem. You you got a right to live also. So, whom can you control? There's no point in trying to be, a, you know, fantasize I'm a controller. So drop all the control system and think, Krishna, you are the controller and my best well-wishing friend. But I don't need an air. Always pray to you. I chant mantra is non-different from you. And all protection I get anywhere in this universe, I don't have to worry. I just chant Hare Krishna mantra. Or, uh, of course, there are so many mantras of Krishna's names. But we have we have this most powerful of mantras, Hare Krishna mantra. And that's it. Immediately we get connected with Krishna and the proper mood of Proper identity, that's most important. I, my real identity is what? I am servant of Krishna, not this body. That is false identity. So real identity, when you that real identity, then everything will be fine. Then you will depend on yourself, not on external things. Oh, what will that say, this one say, what will the world say? We live our lives, we completely surrender to what society will tell about us. All the things we try to do and dress up and live according to their expectations. And with the result, we are miserable. 
what will society say all the time there even uh, there are even uh, like parents sometimes marriages their child might want really to marry someone and then they get married finish finish them off they what will society say in the past no need no need for them to live within look at this how are they as they have chosen they have got married leave them it's okay but what will society say what does it matter what society says we have to bother what krishna says and so when you act in that uh, state of as a servant of krishna you'll get all the intelligence how to do all the strength and when you become dependent completely on krishna then you become independent of everything else in this world so that's very important and we see how in the uh, case of you know when uh, draupadi uh, during bhastra she was i mean she is such an exalted she is the daughter in law of the most family in this earth and they were ruling over the whole earth and pandavas were the most powerful of men and she had five husbands and then, and then she she is dragged like an ordinary you know whatever most a uh, very insulting way to come be disrobed and she looks to her husband and they say no we are no longer uh, you know we have sold you off and said what out there am i a property to be sold off she gets upset but no use and she can't do anything and she looks at all the great exalted personalities like bhishma and um, drona the guru and then dhritarashtra the grand i mean father in law and all these uh, kripachari so many exalted people sitting there and they are actually they are giving judgment to all the people on the earth they are uh, keepers of all everybody's protecting everybody's uh, rights and everything and here alone one woman in distress she is being dragged like that and it's as bad as rape she is being disrobed everybody is keeping quiet only one person vidura said this is wrong and um, and then of course duryodhana gets very upset and he just walks off he said i don't want to be but only vidura and the other person was one of um, duryodhana's uh, brothers uh, what is his name he also took part the uh, war and duryodhana mentions his name among the ratis because um, okay these are the only otherwise all the people with power just sat quietly over there and that is when you can see what is the how much can you depend on material things power position people you are connected to uh, and uh, you know all that is useless over there and her own strength also she tried to pull the sari that also never worked so material things no use depending upon and then she realized okay only krishna and she just raised her arms and cried out to krishna and krishna protected her so this is how it is and she became strong see normally what would have happened someone who's not connected with krishna like that will just i don't know she would have um, either become abusive or she would have cried in self pity or she would have done something you know or the uh, gone and fallen at the feet of dushasana please don't do this something please save me save me something like that in totally um, you know won't know what to do but draupadi because she is a devotee of krishna 
she had full confidence self confidence that happens because of she is considered a self as a servant of krishna immediately it gives you unlimited power and she alone she managed it beautifully right krishna came and protected her uh, complete chastity and nothing happened so this is the greatest need of everyone needs protection and um, we need krishna's mercy krishna's strength krishna's intelligence so that we can do everything properly and not get affected not be distressed not be anxious fearful worried stressed it should be a joy to work and we leave let go let go of the results let go of any i just leave it to krishna i'm not an enjoy i want to do is i want to serve you that's all then that is liberation that will give you unlimited power to do many many things so we have to drop off all those uh wrong identities things connected with the wrong identities and live according to our real identity then we'll be very very happy okay and I'll stop now Hare Krishna are there any questions or comments Hare Krishna Mataji Dhanavad Pranam Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai Guru Maharaj Ki Such a wonderful class Mataji you explain so nicely about Lord Shiva and um, as a prastha how should we detach but we should be attached to krishna and all his pastimes so wonderful mata ji thank you so much uh, open the forum for the devotees if you have any question please go ahead and ask hari krishna Hare Krishna Mataji, I am Pranam, I am Shri Prabhupada. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I don't have any, class, any question right now, but uh, that class was wonderful, very nectarine. Thank you, thank you very much. Hare Krishna Mataji, then with Pranam, all glory then to Krishna, Krishna, then Guru Maharaj. Very nice, very nectarine class Mataji. so um i joined the class towards the end of your class so you were discussing the false ego is the cause of all our uh, problems in our life right mm. Mm. yes so, uh, and then there is a real ego right mm. yes so, uh, how how to overcome false ego mataji what is the solution <clears throat> for that Ah, uh, one solution I said you pray to Lord Shiva for uh, removing because Lord Shiva, Prabhupada has said that in the third canto, come across. Now you can pray to Lord Shiva or Sant Krishna so that uh, he, because he is in charge of um, our Advaita Charya, because Advaita is also Lord Shiva and Vishnu together. Uh, so that is one way. Uh, also. Apart from that, that's what you have to 
understand that your intelligence and tell your mind, you know, drop off all this wanting to control, wanting to enjoy the way you want. Enjoyment is there, but it should be according to what Krishna gives. Krishna gives us enjoyment. Krishna gives us certain things for us in this life. But we always think about Him and also do it in a devotional way. Then we'll always remain connected with Krishna and we can be in our original identity. Only how we can come to our original identity? Do everything in a mood of service for the pleasure of Krishna. Thank you so much. Yes, very nice. And why why we say Lord Sankarshan and Lord Shiva uh, is the one who can help us remove the false ego? Because they only created, I mean, uh, they are in charge. Of course, uh, it is part of material energy. But Shiva is the one, uh, you know, at the time of creation, Vishnu looks at Prakriti. And then right. uh, at that time, Shiva unites with uh, Parvati and the three modes manifest. And the first thing out of uh, ignorance is a manifest false ego. From there only everything else comes. So false ego is created by Shiva uh, under the guidance of uh, Sankarsana. So you can either worship Shiva or through Sankarsana directly. Okay. Thank you so much, Mataji. Very nice explanation. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, if nobody has any question or comment, we can end up the call here by paying Thank you, Krishna. Mataji. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Okay. Shila Gurudev ki jaya, Shila Prabhupad ki jaya, Shumat Bhagavatam Grantham ki jaya. Patita nam pavane bhyo vaishnavi bhyo namona maha ananta koti vaishnavrinda ki jaya. Thank you. 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 Thank you.